Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you open your Bibles today, we'll continue our verse-by-verse study in the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 14 through 16. The title of the sermon is, I Bow My Knees to the Father of Our Lord Jesus Christ. Here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. In 1 John chapter 3, verses 1-3, through 3, it says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be, be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us, because it did not know Him. Beloved, uh, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when He, he is revealed, uh, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who has the hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. So which family are you in? It's simply put in 1 John chapter 3 verse 10, And the children of God and and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor he does not love his brother. So he's like, if you're, if you're living in disobedience, if, you're, if, you're, if you hate your brother and your sister, and that, and that just means anybody in the world, really, he's like, then you're following the other father, the father of lies. If you haven't asked Christ to take residence in your heart and confess your sins, then you're following the father of lies. And it says here, by his riches of his glory, as, he, as Paul was sharing. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 19, it says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and the glory by Christ Jesus. I think sometimes what we do is we underestimate under, uh, God. And, and I think it's sad. We forget that that. God's riches are immeasurable. So if God's going to step out and do something for the church, which is His church, this ain't my church, this is His, right? I sat yesterday and, and we were at, at uh, Black Creek Coffee and I looked over at Marcus, the Market Media building and I thought what a blessing that was to be in that building. What a blessing it was to have Marcus and his family embrace us and allow us to be there. And we didn't know, you know, you look at this bill and you go, man, it's kind of rough, dude. But it's like we have a place to, to worship. We have a place to have the word. We have a place to, to have fellowship. And God has provided all of that. And he'll continue to provide. But what we do is we, we think that 
when we step out in faith to do some ministry or something that God's, well, I don't know if this is going to happen. You need to stop that. You need to start have that mindset like God's going to do this. Like we did the football field event. Lord have mercy the amount of money we spent. It wasn't our money. It was the money that, that God provided. We had people come to faith. We had people be baptized on the field at Natalia football at the high school. We had Christafari there. Austin Carlisle was there. Um, and, and you just never know the blessing that it can be. But if you take the step of faith of going, we'll never have the money to do this. So we, let's just stop talking about it. Man, first thing you need to do is start praying about it. And then you get a bunch of people starting to pray about it. And can I tell you, like, we had money that came in from the South Texas Ministerial Fellowship. They wrote a check. Prevailing Word wrote a check. First Baptist Natalia wrote a check. This church wrote a big check. And it happened. And can I tell you what the amazing part is? They're practicing witchcraft in that school. We didn't even know that. There's a group of teenage girls that were practicing and, and putting spells and casting spells in the, in the high school. So you don't have no clue what's going on. But if you think that, that our God is poor, that he can't provide, that he doesn't have immeasurable riches, and that it's going to be done for his glory, then why are we here? Right? It's like we have to remember that. It's like he's saying that, look, all these things that, that, that is going to be provided, that, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit and the inner man. He's saying, look, according to his riches, they're immeasurable riches. They're for his glory. So when he provides, it wasn't anything that this church did. It's what God did. And that's what we forget. It's for his glory. But he's saying, I'm going to give you the power and the strength through the Holy Spirit. The dunamis power is dynamite. Is what that, that's where we get the word dynamite. And so if I throw a stick of dynamite in this room, it's not going to look the same, is it? And that should be you. Like, you have the dunamis power. You have the Holy Spirit which resides in you. And he's saying he's going to strengthen the inner man through the Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And the inner man just simply means the soul. It's the center of the person's life. Now I know when we hear the word inner man today, we unfortunately think of Gnosticism, spirituality that's being pushed in California. The inner man. We talk about it in yoga and all that other stuff, and it's not, that's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about the, the center of the believer's life. He's talking about the new nature, the inner man, the spiritual man. He's talking about that old nature, the old man, the old self, the old flesh is gone. This is the inner man. This is where Christ takes residence in the heart. And the inner man, and he's saying, look, when you gave your heart to Christ, when you repented of your sins, and you asked Christ to take residence there and to be the Lord of your life, what happens is what? You're sealed with the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit that empowers us to, to be able to walk this life with Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18, it says, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but a mo for a moment, is working for us 
uh, as far as more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at these things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For these things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And Paul says that light affliction. Now I can tell you, you may go, that's Paul, come on. It's not a light affliction, it's rough. This is tough. But he's saying, look, do you understand that all of this stuff that you're going through is just a moment because eternity is waiting? It's just a moment. It's a momentary affliction that you're having. And he's like, it's gonna, the eternal weight and glory is, is, that's what you need to focus on. It's what's coming in eternity. I've seen people where they, they have been going through major conflict or suffering in their life. And yet they're ministering to other people. Like you're feeling bad for them and they're ministering to you. They're building you up. They're encouraging you. They're feeding, they're, they're filling you with the Word of God. Because why? They know that they have eternity. They have eternity. And, 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 I, and I think it's like he's, you know, these, these afflictions that we go through... We talked about it in the Thessalonians. It says you are appointed for afflictions. You're appointed for a time of suffering. You're appointed for a time of trial. You have dates and appointments for that. Because why? It builds you and grows you and teaches you to cling to Christ. And uh, man, for somebody who's been through it, who's had biopsies and been through the whole thing, I can tell you, when I read that verse, if you were to give me that verse as I was going through it, I would have went, because I'm like, I don't want to hear that right now. I'm suffering, right? I was a young believer. I'm suffering, dude. Don't give me the word right now. We've all been there. See, I'd rather be truthful with you. I don't want to sit up here and act all holy. I'm a man just like y'all. And a woman, you know, y'all, y'all go through things as well. And at the end of the day, we have to remember it's like it's, it's Christ that... that that takes residence in our heart, and it's Christ that allows us to overcome these afflictions. It's Christ. No drug, no alcohol, no pornography, those things that we reach out to to try to fill that, that hurt, that pain that we're in, it won't fill it. It's only Christ. That's why I love when you read. I want you to think about this now as I read Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, as you think about the inner man. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than two, any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow and is discerning of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. If Paul is saying, I'm going to strengthen the inner man, how important is the word of God then? Because it discerns the thoughts and the intents of the heart and it pierces to the division of the soul and the spirit. That's why the Word of God is so important in our lives. We talked about prayer. Prayer is very important. It needs to be something that's done throughout the day. It needs to be something that's consistent in your life. But the Word of God is as well. In Psalm 119.18, it says, Open my eyes that I might see wondrous things from your law. Psalm 34.8 says, Oh, taste and see the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. You learn that the strengthening is happening and the other things that he's going to talk about is not only the strengthening through the Holy Spirit, but he's also going to talk about the faith and the depth of the faith and the spiritual understanding and the fullness of God through these verses. See, Paul was, 
was talking about us being strengthened, not in the flesh, but being strengthened in the inner man where Christ takes residence. Unfortunately, I see a lot of people, and, and I've seen it probably over the last few years, where I think it's important for you to exercise. I think it's important for you to take care of your body. But I think when it becomes a, you spend more time taking care of that than you do the Word of God that's going to strengthen you, we got issues. It's the Word of God that your family needs. It's the Word of God that your marriage needs. It's the Word of God that your co-worker needs. It's the Word of God that this community needs. See, Nicodemus thought the same thing. He's like, well, how can I be born again, right? He couldn't wrap his mind around it. The smartest man at the time, one of the smartest guys, he couldn't wrap his mind around that he had to be born of the what? Spirit. In John chapter 3, verse 6, is that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. In Romans chapter 8, verse 6, for to be carnally minded is death, but be spiritually minded is life and peace you need to take that verse today romans chapter 8 verse 6 is that up there okay y'all need to highlight that one in your bible you need to take a picture of it you need to write it down because that is one the reason we see so many things that are happening in our world today and we see such a divide is we see an issue with morality and sin and i i've said this i said it this past weekend the more, the, more, the, the, the more deeper we go into morality of, of sin, where we embrace it, the, the bigger the divide's going to be in the country. And so that's why we're seeing this first part of the verse, for to be coronally minded is what? Death. They don't care. They don't care. I think we, we um, somebody had posted up and I, I i would recommend not looking at the video because there's things in the video that kids shouldn't see are you because you got half naked people running around new york city streets as as the uh the parade of pride and and they're saying that they are coming for your kids that was the chant so if you don't think this is a war that's happening it is it's a battle they're battling what did i tell you they're rebelling against who god they're rebelling against God. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's sad to see, but that's where just where the enemy has it right now. But what we do is we lead our families and we teach our kids properly. What is a male? What is a female? It tells us in Scripture, right? In general, there's really nothing to, if you go by the science as well. But what happens is when you're carnally minded, it leads to death. And unfortunately, the reason why they want to get a hold of the kids at a younger age is because they can control that at a younger age. If I can get you at a younger age, then it's a lot easier. If I can get you to start doubting, right? Start doubting who God is. Start doubting whether you're male or female. Then, then you're not being spiritually minded and, and, and you're not going to have a life of peace. It's, it's, it's just a reminder that when a sinner is saved, the, the flesh is not born again. It's the spirit. It's the inner man. In Romans chapter 8, verse 9, it says, You, however, are not of the flesh, but in the spirit. In fact, the spirit of God dwells in you. And anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. So when we give our hearts to Christ, when we, when we confess our sins, and we, it, it talks about uh, that we should believe in Christ. And, 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 and allow Christ to take residence in our heart. 
Well, we're not allowing it. You're asking, you're repenting and confessing that you believe in Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit seals you. But I love the end of that verse because it says, And, and the Spirit does not belong to, uh, who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Unfortunately, there's a lot of things, and, and I think it was Pastor Chuck Smith who said it. If you were to take the Holy Spirit out of the world today, Christians would still continue going on with church. Because it's being done in their flesh. There's no Spirit leading them. And when you think about that, it's sad, but it's, it's true. See, that's why I think, regardless of how early the church is, we're three years into a church plant. We just started year three, right? We just started year three. Whether you've been in church for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, or 30 years, you need to be, as a pastor, as a leader, you need to be con- continuing to read the book of Acts. Because you need to be reminded about what a, what a church looks like when it's being led by the Holy Spirit. What a church looks like when it's being led by the Holy Spirit is going, Hey, uh, I wasn't here for the baptisms last week. Can you baptize me? Yes. Let's pull the... Now, let, let me tell you, we, had to, we pulled the tub back out again. We baptized people last week, right? But it was like, okay, let's do it. We had two more kids. We had two people in their street clothes get baptized. Be led by the Spirit. Well, you know what? We only do baptisms once a year, and we've already missed the time. You'll have to wait till next year. No, that tub's here. Whenever anybody wants to get baptized, we're dunking you. We, if you want to do it, we're doing it. We want to be led by the Spirit. Now, we are not, you know, when I say not your traditional church, I, I say we're more of like the early church. That's what it should be. In Acts chapter 4, verse 31, it says in when they had prayed in the place in which they were gathered together was, uh, was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. See the importance of prayer? The early church got together and they said, what, let's pray. And when they prayed, they gathered together and the place is shaken. Like, because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And what were they filled to do? To speak the word of God with boldness. Boldness. And that word in the Greek means to be free and fearless and to have confidence in God. What we have is we have a lot of fearless or or we have people that are are fearful of sharing God's word to people. I'm afraid of what's going to happen to me. I told y'all this past week, you can shut me off, turn me off, turn me down, whatever you need to do, kick me out. I do not care. I'm going to continue to speak with boldness the Word of God until I have no breath. And I don't need this pulpit to do it. Can you imagine if, if the churches in America were actually strengthened with boldness in sharing the good news of Jesus Christ? That they actually have prayer that would shake the foundation of the building. They wouldn't know what to do. They wouldn't know what to do. But the, the early Jesus movement, the Jesus revolution that we saw with the hippies in the 60s, in the late 60s, was because they were led by the Spirit of God. They were renewed and strengthened in the inner man. And they went with boldness and shared their faith. When is the last time you shared your faith? And if you can't remember, that's what we're going to pray for today. is for that same boldness for you to share your faith. That's what we need. We need that boldness again. 
We need to understand why Paul is, is putting an emphasis on prayer. Paul is praying on his knees for these two people, these two people groups that hate each other, but yet they have come to faith in Jesus Christ. And God is drawing them together. See, when I look at the LGBTQ community or in the plus A, plus B, whatever they're going to add else to it, right? I don't make fun. I, I don't have a problem. Like, I want to share the gospel with them. And they may not want nothing to do with me. But I can tell you that there are people that are coming to faith. People are taking the time to share the gospel at those rallies, at those pride events, and saying, you know what, Jesus does love you. And Jesus wants a relationship with you in all sexual morality. Okay? All sexual morality is a sin. All of it. And, and, and the sin that you have is no different than me having sin, and we were both separated from a holy God. And we just read that, you know, one of the things we shared is the two families of, that are operating. You're either in the family of God or you're with the father of lies, the devil. That's why he tells you in Ephesians chapter 2, you are what? Children of what? Wrath. Following the prince of the air. We all did that. I did that for 39 years. And the Lord shook me up. And Lord knows he tried to catch me in a number of other times, but I was hard-headed. I had a callous start. You know what? I told y'all we're not going to rush through this. And I'm looking at my notes and I got a lot more. And you know what? I cut a lot of this out. And so we're not going to rush through this because this next piece in verse 17, and I think what's going to happen next week, we'll probably just get through verses 17 through 19 next week. We're not rushing this. This is such an important prayer that, that Paul is. And, and remember what we told y'all before, the prayer... Uh, as the book of Ephesians, if we remember the book of Ephesians is what? It is a, uh, a, a, a letter that's written, an epistle that was written to the church of Ephesus, but it was a circulatory letter. So it was to be passed to all the churches. And so guess what? It's being passed to here, the church of Calvary Chapel Divine. It's a prayer for us. And so I'm going to close out. We're going to close out with that prayer. I'm going to read it here. And that's how we're going to pray. We're going to finish up in prayer. So, you know, big question for you. If, if there's any application for you, one of the, the biggest things I would ask is, do you make, make prayer a priority in your life? You already know the answer to that. You already know. And that's not to make you feel guilty because guess what? I, I'm teaching this and I go, man, I need to be praying more. <laughs> okay? So your pastor's over here going, hey, man. I'm guilty too. I need, to, I need to be praying more. Remember, every one of us, our feet are made of clay. Every one of us. And, and, and God loves you and goes, you know what? I know you didn't pray to me yesterday. Let's, let's work on that today. Come to me. Talk to me. I'm waiting to hear from you, right? Do you pray with your spouse? Man, let me tell you something. This is where men need to, you know, we need to get the, the, the bat out and get y'all going because y'all need to be praying. I'm sorry. I, you know, I remember the first time somebody asked me, you pray with your wife? I was like, why? I was a new believer. Hey, I'd rather be real with y'all. I don't want to sit up here all holy. I was a knucklehead, man, coming to faith. And somebody was like, do you don't pray with your wife? I was like, why do I need to pray with my wife? 
He goes, dude, how do you hear her heart? I said, I didn't know her heart needed to be heard. Knucklehead. Boom. And let me tell you, the first time you do it, it's weird. Oh, it's weird. You're like, do I need to pray now? Does she need to pray now? Do I? It's like it's you're trying to, you know, I just said, you know what? I'm supposed to lead. You tell me what you need prayer for, and I'll, I'll lead the prayer, and then we'll go from there. But pray with your wife. Do you pray with your family? Do you, when you're in public, I'm hungry, man. I'm sitting there thinking of Longhorns. I was thinking about a steak, right? Do you pray with them in public at Longhorns? You should. Teach them now. Teach them the things of God. Don't be afraid of your, of your, your faith. I don't care. I'm praying. We prayed at the golf course. We were at Charlie's Daughter, and we, we did men's prayer at the golf course. And all these people walking around doing golf things. It was like, hey, that's what we were there to do, right? Make prayer a priority in your life, okay? Do that. And if you haven't done that, it's okay. You come to the throne of what? Mercy. Thank God for the throne of mercy and grace, all right? Remember, you got grace for the journey. You're going to mess up. If you're a husband, Lord knows you're going to say something wrong probably today or sometime this week. Or when your daughter doesn't put gas in the car, you're going to go, what was she thinking? I know, I did it right here. I'm like, what's wrong with her? Lord, forgive me, right? Lord, forgive me. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 